You're listening to Entrepreneurs Unplugged Special. This month, we're joined by representatives of traders groups from three of the four Vale towns to discuss the highs, lows and challenges of 2023 and to look ahead to the support needed in 2024. We're joined by John Davis, Chair of Panath Business Group, as well as being editor at Panath View and owner of the Milkshed co-working space. Amy Greenfield, Chair of Barry Shop Local and co-owner of Awesome Wales Zero Waste Store and SO Children's Store, both on Holson Road in Barry. And Sally Stevenson, a representative from Cowbridge Chamber of Trade and co-owner of the Pencil Case Stationery Shop in Cowbridge. John, let's start with you. Introduce yourself, your businesses, Panath View and Milkshed, and your role in the Panath Business Group. Sure. So I've been chair at uh, Panath Business Group for just under a year, and um, we're a volunteer-run grassroots organisation to promote the interests of uh, traders in Panath Town Centre. Um, and then in terms of Panath View magazine, I've been editor there for over five years now, as the title has been going for almost 12 um, so it's a long-standing title and um, we're very well trusted. And then more recently, I co-own Milkshed Workspace in Panath, which is a co-working and studio space. Um, and we which uh, and we have about eight or nine businesses that call our, our space home. So it's a nice creative hub uh, just off the town centre. Amy, you're the chair of Barry Shop Local and your business is Awesome Wales and Esso. So Barry Shop Local is a committee from Barry Town Council and I've been chairing that now I'm, I'm in my second year. It's a great opportunity for traders to come together but also to be able to find out about what else is going on in the town, um, share information, share funding opportunities and do a lot of joint projects. Um, our business, Awesome Wales, is a social enterprise. So we run a refill shop on um, Halter Road in Barry Town Centre. And we also run a lot of community projects, including the Benzig Library of Things, the Gloss Nappy Library for the Vale of Glamorgan. And our latest project is Eto, which is a pre-loved kids store, which opened just over three weeks ago, again on Halton Road, um, making sure that everyone can get their kids out cheaply and embrace pre-loved and recycled fashion. Barry is unique to other local areas. It has lots of shopping areas across the town. How does Barry Shop Local bring those areas together? It's a really important part because previously there was a lot of silos between all the different shopping areas. Um, There was a lot of historic um, nonsense going on where people wouldn't speak to each other or work together because of things that had happened potentially decades ago. Um, so we've managed recently to cut through a lot of that and people are willing to work together. We've run a lot of joint um, events and campaigns, Halloween trails, Easter events, um, and we're coming together to um, make sure that Christmas is celebrated in all the different shopping districts as well. Sally, you're a member of the Chamber of Trade in Cowbridge. Tell us about its role and your business, The Pencil Case. So I own The Pencil Case, which is the school uniform and stationery and gift shop on Cowbridge High Street. And um, I'm part of the Chamber of Trade in Cowbridge, which is um, all the different traders come together to work together to try and promote Cowbridge as a town centre that um, people can come and visit and see all the independent businesses. And we work closely together throughout the year to try and make Cowbridge a nice place for people to come and visit. So my business, I opened the pencil case nearly 10 years ago now. It'll be 10 years in March 2024. Um, we sell school uniform for all our local schools so Cowbridge Comprehensive and all the primary schools around Cowbridge in the area 
And we also sell stationery and gift very much aimed at that same audience. So school-aged children aged from about 3 to 11 is our core audience. So we're trying to be a one-stop shop for parents to make life easy for really busy parents who've got young children who need everything from school uniform, brownies, guides, rainbows, ballet, birthday presents, Christmas presents and pocket money treats and things like that. All three of our guests have been provided with some questions in advance to allow them to go back to their individual areas and put across the thoughts, feelings and ideas of their individual towns. Let's begin with you, John. How has 2023 been for independent businesses in Panath? Um, I think, um, you know, coming off the back of a pandemic, I think people were hoping that this year was going to be the real bounce back. But I think a, a whole range of factors has meant that this year has possibly been as tough as any other, uh, particularly um, cost of business with energy prices having gone up considerably and the cost of living, meaning that people aren't spending in the same, you know, in the same way that they had been. Um, but, uh, you know, speaking for Panath, and I'm sure it's the same for Cowbridge and Barry as well, the town centres, businesses are incredibly resilient. Um and are able to diversify and change and increase what they do in order to in order to ride the wave. So, um, you know, you know, I think it's very easy to get locked into a negative narrative about everything. But there's a lot of positivity that's in the town as well. Amy, what about in Barry? What have independent businesses been seeing this year? So I spoke to our traders group. Um, we we have a chat quite often in the evening on our little WhatsApp group. And a lot of traders have said that 2023 is the hardest year they've had um, out of the last sort of four or five years, including um, COVID and everything else. I think that lack of footfall is really hitting a lot of the retail and service and hospitality businesses quite hard. Um, and also having to compete with online businesses who have absolutely relentless marketing campaigns um, is really tricky for small local businesses to, to compete with. Um, but having said that, I think we are seeing a lot of positives. Um, the traders are willing to work together to deliver lovely events for the town, which is fantastic. Um, we've had a lot of businesses grouping together to um, support local charities, get involved in sponsorship for local sports teams and that kind of thing. So that's really, really positive, kind of getting a real community feel. Um, and on top of that, we've got a lot of businesses who have opened recently, even though the online narrative that we see is all, all shops are closing. We've actually had lots of lovely shops open in Barry. Um, both at the Good Sheds on High Street and Halton Road. Um, one of the real um, sort of shining stars at the moment, for example, is Loaded Dice, who opened last year. Um, they're doing really great, um, doing lots of lovely hobby um, collect collectibles, um, models and that kind of thing. And they're actually really, really busy. And their business is actually more geared now towards a high street business than it was their previous online business, which is a, a really interesting switch to see. Sally, what have you been seeing in Cowbridge in terms of the challenges of 2023? Exactly the same as what um, has been said about Penarth and Barry. Footfall on the high street is well down. Um, all my colleagues up and down the high street have said 2023 is the hardest year we've had, which probably is quite surprising to some people because you would think COVID was the hardest, but actually it wasn't because people had more disposable income during COVID because obviously they were furloughed and couldn't really go anywhere. So they had quite a bit of extra cash um, and of course there was all the, fu the furlough and COVID support whereas this year cost of living crisis has kicked in, people's mortgages have gone up, uh, we know food, gas, electric, petrol, it's all gone up and up and up so disposable income's down 
And of course, there isn't any of that business support that there's been historically through COVID. So the businesses somewhat feel on their own trying to ride this challenging wave at the moment. So um, costs are up, sales are down, footfalls down. So it is really, really tricky. But exactly as Amy says, you know, we're all trying to find creative ways to get around that. So we've run exactly as in Barry, you know, lots of events throughout the year to try and encourage people into town. We're doing things together. We're supporting local schools, local organisations, just trying to inject some fun and energy into the town centre to make people want to come out and spend the day with us. You've touched on the things you've done this year to drive footfall. We're talking now ahead of the busy Christmas period. Tell us about some of the things you're doing in your areas to support businesses. Of course, I think uh, a big part of what we do as a business group is to try and encourage people out from from their living rooms onto the high street and to rediscover what they potentially not seen before. Um, So for Christmas, we've got two trails um, which people can follow and they can win shopping vouchers. And we're doing that in conjunction with Panath's new visitor app, BZTA. Um, So if you download the app, you can follow the trails and submit uh, your entry on the app. Uh, Paper forms are also available. Um, so that's that's one thing we're doing. And we've also got a Christmas in Panath event on the 14th of December. Uh, starts at 3pm. The shops are open later. Um, cafes and restaurants will have free samples. We've got a, a walk about Santa and Elf. Um, so, you know, it's about bringing, creating an event that is, isn't something that you can have online. You know, you have to experience this in person, come into the town centre and be a part of a of a wider community feel, I guess. Um, so yeah, we've got we've got a lot going on, and um, on on the back of you know all the other events that we've done this year, back in the Easter um, Magic Tenor in October, which uh, which was a great success for us as well. So we're really lucky in Barry that we have um, a budget set by Barry Town Council specifically for shop local that businesses and um, traders groups can apply to. So we've used some of that funding for lots of different activities. So that's included a food trail, um, which brought together, I think, 13 different businesses around the town. Um, And people could buy a lanyard and then they could go and have tasters in all the different food businesses that day. Um, It was one of the most chaotic, but really joyful events that we've ever organized. Um, People came to us for tea tasting. They were having cheese at the deli on High Street. They had wine tasting at the Good Sheds. They had um, Barry Island Spirits Company were involved. Um, Carrie's Deli, the vegan deli was involved. There were loads of um, cake and um, brownie businesses involved as well on cafes. Um, so that was really, really exciting. And people were asking for more once they, once they kind of attended that event. They wanted to come back and do something similar again, um, which was really great feedback. We've done, again, trail events for Halloween and for Easter, which involved lots of families. Um, and it just gets people over the threshold of a new shop. Um, it's not my job to to sell the the store's products once people are in there, but if I can help to get people through the door so that they can actually see what's available in their town, um, that's a really great bonus for those businesses, I think. And we had so many people coming in to us going, gosh, I didn't know this was here. And our business has been there for four and a half years. Um, so yeah, getting people over the threshold for us is a, is a really important part of those events and activities. Um, we've also had some funding for um, digital billboard advertising, 
um, which is a new digital billboard on Cardiff Road. So we've been advertising a lot of different Christmas events and activities on that. It's not been cheap, but we think we are seeing some good results. It's definitely been mentioned by a lot of my customers um, that they were surprised to see local businesses advertising on there. They were only expecting to see um, you know, national um, corporate organisations on there. So it's nice that they can kind of notice what's going on locally. And I think for future years, um, traders are really interested now in getting involved in the shop local campaign, seeing what ideas they can present. Uh, maybe businesses that are outside of the retail space, maybe more in the service sector, um, beauty and that kind of thing, who maybe can't take part in the trail events. They're really interested in maybe putting together some ideas themselves for their specific business sector. And we're really excited to support that as well. Well, every year we've um, got all sorts of events going on throughout the year. So we had uh, an Easter trail for the children through the whole high street in East Oxley. Um, again, same idea to get people to just go into shops that they wouldn't ordinarily go into. And we always get really lovely feedback from customers who say, I didn't even know half of these shops were on our high street. And then obviously the traders see lots of new customers that they've not seen before. So events that get you over the door is is great. So we do an Easter trail and a Halloween trail. In fact, the Halloween trail I inherited from Amy when she was in Cowbridge. Um, and that was hugely popular. And then we've had things like um, the Cowbridge Food and Drink Festival in May. We do Cowbridge Pride in June. That was a fantastic first year we've done it this year. The Cowbridge Pride Parade came through and it exceeded everybody's expectations. It was such a fantastic family affair. It was really good fun. Um, we've done, um, we had the big coronation party and a parade uh, for King Charles's coronation back in May. And then we've got, in the run to Christmas now on Sunday, we just had the big Cowbridge Christmas parade with our new reindeer, big four meter high light up reindeer, which was quite spectacular. Um, we've got the birthing boys doing a tractor run this Thursday night, all lit up in fairy lights. Um, yeah, so we've got all kinds of things planned throughout the year, and it's just about pulling everybody together as a community and encouraging them to come down to the high street and join in the fun. You all mentioned there the importance of getting people over the threshold, with footfall being up and down. Is that the most important thing about these activities? Yeah, I think the people people are in in a habit, I think, and they'll walk down into in, onto the high street using the the regular walk, the regular path. Um, but if they took a slightly different street, they find find a new a new row of shops they could uh, they could pop into. Um, and and yeah, I think that's that's the challenge we've got is to make keep things interesting, keep things exciting, keep on delivering things that people. You know, hopefully will entice them out and, and onto the high street and you know through, through the door. And I think everybody's so busy as well. As you say, you get into the habit of just going to the same shops because you're so busy, you know where you need to go, you get it and you're gone. Whereas if you can just encourage people to just spend an hour browsing the high street in a more leisurely fashion, then it does give them opportunity to find out things that they're just too busy to even yeah. register. Yeah, yeah. There's also a... Uh, a part of the challenge, I guess, is to move spend away from nationals and chains and move it, you know, even if it's £5 a week or £5 a month, move it from the nationals to an independent. Um, you know, it, it, it helps create a more resilient and sustainable high street if it's got a variety and diversity of, of shops there. And I think the other thing is to, to bust this myth that independents are more expensive. Yeah. Because, you know, you get comments quite regularly from people who go oh it's not you know I thought the independents were going to be really expensive and, and I know from in my business I'm cheaper than a lot of the nationals on things that I sell like for like um, and I know the margins that I make on my things so they are absolutely ripping people off with the volumes that they can buy um, and I think we just need to educate people that 
independent doesn't mean more expensive. Quite the opposite, often. And I think a lot of shoppers and a lot of local people, they want to see a thriving high street. They want to be proud of their town centres. They want to have the things they need on their doorstep. Um, And I see it as a partnership between the traders who are providing that product, but also the customers who are allowing those, those, those traders to stay in business. We can't do it on our own. It has to be hand in hand. The community has to support the local high street or unfortunately those traders that you've relied on for years won't be there in the future. Um, I think it's it's very easy for people to say, oh, you know, I wanted to save, a, you know, a, a, a few pennies and I decided to buy online or I decided to buy, you know, something in via the supermarket or a big high street, high street chain. Um, but then when they come back next year and the shop that they could always guarantee would have the thing they needed in stock isn't there anymore, it has, it has to come down to a partnership between consumers, consumer behaviour and the traders providing the service that, that people want. There's something about convenience as well because um, it is easier and quicker to just pop down to your high street to grab something. Arguably, it's even easier to go online, but loads of us have got websites with click and collect options or delivery options. I know mine, mine does both. Um, so, you know, the argument that it's more convenient to go online, actually, you can still go online and order from your local high street. So you can still support your local high street, even if you're ordering at like 11 o'clock at night. Like I get loads of orders at crazy times of the day and night from my customers because they're very busy people. So that's why we offer a website because we know, particularly in, in my game where I'm dealing with parents of young children, they don't have time to come down to the high street after school when they're running around to gymnastics and football and every other sport that the kids do. So a lot of my customers will go on the website when they've got the kids to bed and do an order and just to either send grandparents to collect it or just pick it up at some time or I'll deliver it for them. So we can still provide that convenience that's, I suppose, typically associated with the national chains. We see that a lot as well. We get a lot of veg box orders at about 11 o'clock on a Sunday evening. I think people have looked in the fridge, realised they haven't got anything in there and they want to top up on fresh, fresh stuff and groceries. And yeah, it's great that we've all got the skills available to sort of allow our shops to be online. And I think more and more local traders are, are adding that to their portfolio i think it's it's tricky for some of the the more established traders or people who've always relied on footfall and you know sort of pure retail as their business model but those of us that are adapting and are able to to offer online options and like you say click and collect and home delivery as well it is adding that level of convenience to shoppers that that they were expecting yeah that's the beauty of independence isn't it the the the, you know how uh how flexible they are in terms of changing what they do changing how they operate in order to give what the customer wants and how the customer wants to shop. And it's really difficult, I guess, to ask any of the big chains to change what they do to you know, to meet the customer needs. Um, whereas independents in our town centres are more than happy to do that, to make sure customers are, are heard and can buy the products they want. Being online is a huge part of business. Do you think there needs to be more support to help businesses? who may have been on the high street for a longer time to make that progression and browse their products at, as you say, 11pm on a Sunday night? Yeah, I think it's... My background is as a designer and I do web work as well. And a big part of what I did during COVID was um, handhold companies to create an e-commerce platform. Um And I think it is something that people can be quite scared of. There's a lot of variables. Um, There's there's potentially a few things to go wrong. But I think if you are happy to change, happy to change how you process orders, how you do things in the shop, 
um, it does offer another shopping window, a shopping window that's 24-7. Um, and I think, it, it, you know, again, it's about creating an experience for the customer that they are happy with. And some customers will want to shop online. And you've almost got to got to offer that and is is part of a you know, it's a prerequisite almost now, isn't it? Um but um I think the key thing is to not be scared about it. And I guess if there is anyone out there still who isn't who doesn't have an e commerce platform, you know, there's I think there's plenty of ways that you can do it um with small steps rather than putting you know, going for a full hog. Um whether that's putting only fifty products of your, you know, your, key 50 products online only um so that you're not overwhelmed by it as well i think i found that because when when we were going into covid we've always had a website but it's not been a very big part of the business at all pre-covid and then obviously when lockdowns were on the horizon it became very clear very quickly that we needed to get that website up and running well it was already up and running but more products on there because that needed to carry us through these lockdowns because at that stage we had absolutely no idea when we were going to reopen the shop again. Mm. So um, we invested all our time and energy in just uploading this like a Blue Peter crazy situation where we were just in the shop with iPhones, taking photos of things, uploading it to the website as fast as we could before we were locked down. Um, so it wasn't the most professional looking thing the world's ever seen, but you know what, it did the job. It was fine and it got us through and it carried the business through the COVID years. Um, and I then decided that the, my ambition then was to have everything that we stocked in the shop to be on the website, which was a big job when we did it. But then we learnt, because you're always learning and changing as you go along through the years, that actually we didn't need to have absolutely every product in the shop on the website because there was just, as you say, John, a few key products that we sold online all the time and the rest of it nobody looked at. <laughs> but it was taking up a lot of our time to manage it. So I made the decision earlier this year to just turn all of that off and just make the website our best sellers um, to make it easy for us and easy for customers to navigate and that's been absolutely fine so we've probably got four or five key categories now on the website and that that's doing really well it's probably about 15-20% of our business now. This year there's been lots of challenges around the cost of living but each individual area has seen changes with closures of national chains like WH Smith's, Wilco but also banks across all the areas too. How much of an impact is that having on the shopping areas you're seeing individually? I think it's twofold. Um, obviously, it, it doesn't look good to have empty shops um, on the high street. Um, my shop's opposite Wilco, um, so it is a very kind of big, literally black hole now they've turned all the lights off. Um, and it just doesn't look great. It's, it's We want to have all the shop fronts filled um, to make sure that it's just a really nice place to come shopping. Um, we don't want people to feel that it's kind of unloved and abandoned but equally um, when a shop like for example W Smith does close it opens opportunities for other stores locally to pick up parts of that business that maybe they weren't able to compete with previously so for some of the independents they've actually seen a positive come out of some of the national chains um, not being available um, we were having a discussion on our traders group last night about where you could buy chicken feed in Barry, for example now Wilco's is shut um, and actually we found out through the traders groups that there are at least two local independents who both can stock that product. Um, but even our even our own traders group weren't, av- weren't aware of what they had available. Um, so I think, yeah, making sure that when a, when a shop like, for example, World Coast closes down, we can kind of redirect customers who come in and ask for a particular product. Um, we can kind of redirect them to other local indies who've, who've got that product range on the shelves. 
Um, that's not to say it isn't a massive, um, massive gap in the high street, but we're hoping that, you know, someone with some uh, money and some imagination is going to do something amazing with that space. Um, that'll be a really, bo- really good boost for the community. Um, we're just hoping it's not going to take them too long to to get around to making that happen. Yeah, I think, you know, we've, we've had the same in Panath as well. And earlier in the year we had, you know, it was a flurry of shops, indies and chains who uh, closed all at the same time. And so, and, and at that moment, Panath had started to, you know, get this narrative that it was a town dying on its on its knees because so many shops are closed in such a short space of time. Um, but, you know, where there's, and, you know, there's always an opportunity for somebody new to come in. And I think what we've seen in Panath is that we've seen independence, you know, an opportunity for them, but also opportunity for the likes of Peacocks. Um, so that all, all sectors of the, the market are catered for um, and that a town centre becomes something for everybody. Um, and again, we've had all of our banks close and we've only got two building society uh, branches left now. Of course, they don't offer the whole spectrum of what, particularly business business banking, they don't offer. So businesses in the town are finding it difficult to drop off cash, you know, process checks, this kind of thing. Um, so we are really keen to open, a, you know, develop the services that are in the post office um, but also hopefully to open a, a banking hub in the town, um, which, you know, which, which just does fill that gap a little bit. Um, and I guess the other thing that Panath has struggled with is our GP surgeries. They've all closed in the town centre and they're, they're all moving out of the town centre as well. So um, banks and GPs, you know, that your primary reason for visiting a town centre is going and so you're losing all your secondary spend with coffee shops and gift shops and um and everything else yeah we've got the same issue with banking in cowbridge that all we've got left now is hsbc and principality and then the post office that's situated inside philco's um hsbc is only there because they're legally obliged to stay there until there's alternative solutions found so as soon as hsbc goes there won't be any more banks in cowbridge now, they have done a pilot scheme in the principality, um, something called One Bank, where you can go and do your banking there, regardless of which bank that you are with. You can go into principality and, and do that. But it's it's not great for businesses because you can't, for example, pre-order change. So for all those um, shops and hospitality businesses that need cash in the till, you can't go and order cash from them. Um, and also, you've got to do it through the app, which means you've got to register all manner of details, passport, driving license, whatever. And it's only the business owner that can do that. So you can't really send any staff down there to do the banking for you because you'd have to give them access to your bank accounts, which obviously most business owners don't want to give that responsibility to staff. So it's great as, a, as I guess, a halfway house. It's not as good as having the banks there. Um, so it's just another inconvenience um obstacle in the way of trying to run your business efficiently because you can't bank as efficiently as you'd like to and you can't run the tills and do the cash easily anymore and as you say John it's another reason for people not to come to the high street if they can't do the banking there. One of the key things that comes up around shopping local is around parking. It's one of the things that's being talked about a lot online including in Barry, Amy? So I think for Barry, there's two things. Um, I know traders would very much like to be able to park 
outside or very close to their businesses. Um, I think that's a luxury we can't afford um, because those those spaces, if we're going to survive as businesses, need to be available to customers. As inconvenient as it is, I've I had to unload a full van full of fruit and veg from all the way up the other end of Fulton Road in the rain at 7am in the dark in the winter. I know it's horrible, but I'd rather do that than not have my customer be able to come and shop with me because they can't find a parking space. Equally, um, customers are quite confused about all the different parking regulations. Barrytown Centre especially has lots of different spots that are residents only or two, only two hours or some that are free parking. Um, and the machines that have been installed in the car parks, even though the car park is available for free for two hours, a lot of shoppers find them really, really confusing and difficult to use. So I think maybe some work by the council on advertising that free parking is available would be great rather than saying that it's paid after two hours. I'd love it to be kind of reverse that messaging and say free parking for shoppers for two hours. It's just a slight change in language, but I think it just makes it sound a bit more positive and a bit more accessible. Um, easier access to use of machines, especially for people who maybe aren't used to using apps and things like that. Um, and yeah, just a, a way for shoppers to understand that it is going to be easy for them to find a find a spot um, and that, you know, coming to shop locally with us is just going to be just as easy as going to an out-of-town shopping centre. Couldn't agree more with that. Um, parking in Carabridge is an absolute nightmare, especially since the, car, the council introduced parking charges and we're all adamant that that's what's contributed to the, the declining footfall on our high street. So we've got um, up Eastgate and Westgate, you can park for an hour for free and then you've got to move. Um, they've turned the town hall car park into a paid car park with the first two hours free but exactly as Amy's just described people get really confused about is it free when do I have to pay how do I pay so that puts people off using it altogether um, the cattle market at the other end of town is in a disgraceful state it's, uh, you need a 4x4 four four, um, monster truck to get into that car park um, so all of this puts people off coming so, and I know the, the two hour window stops people from browsing the high street. I've lost customers who've come in, had a look around and gone, oh, it's that's the time I've got to go, I've got to go. And I've lost sales directly because they've had to go back to move the car. Um, so that was the big message that I got from my colleagues coming here today was we've got to do something to sort out the parking and make it easier for people to come to Cowbridge without worrying about how to park, how much it's going to cost. If we could just relax those free parking rules a bit more, that would really, really help. I think in Panath we're slightly different, but I think there's very similar themes there. And we're different only in the sense that we don't have a car park whatsoever in the town centre. The closest one would be either in Cogan or up on the cliff tops, um, but they're not close enough to for them to be shoppers, car parks. Um, so we've only got street parking, all of us free um, with time restrictions. Um, and I think uh, there was a survey done like, three or four years ago, and each of those spaces were counted up. And there was more spaces on the streets of Panath than there was in the John Lewis car park in Cardiff. Um, people often say there isn't enough car parking in Panath, um, but I think there is, um, as long as it's sort of signposted efficiently, um, that the hour bays are signposted in one way, the two hour bays, and then the no restriction ones, which are slightly outside the town center, you know, they, uh, they're they all signposted well. Um, even if it's little things like um, white lines to separate each of the parking bays for people to help people park um, using the space that they need. Um, 
but yeah, in, in, in Penarth, we don't have a car park. And you know, if, if we could wave a magic wand, we possibly would choose to build one. But you know, we're a Victorian Edwardian town. There's no space to build one. Um, so we, we do have to work with what we've got. Um, and I guess we've also got the the travelling camera car as well, which is out to, to catch people who are parked inappropriately. Um, but it does create a deterrent and that people won't come to the town centre just in case they get caught. Um, so I think there's a big education piece there in terms of better signage, better directions, and allowing people to make the right choice where they park their car in the town. Prior to this, you all spoke with traders in your individual areas. Tell us about some of the individual challenges traders have brought to you that they are facing in 2023. From the traders' point of view, I think, yeah, I think there's a there's a big question there on wider support from all levels of government, um, UK, Wales and Bailey Morgan. And that's not to say that nobody's helping because that's not true at all. Um, because if you're able to tap into the right pots of money to the right support networks, then, then it is there. I think it needs to be more streamlined, better signposting to the right areas um, and potentially better infrastructure. You know, we talked about car parking, but also better roads, better pavements, uh, you know, simple things like a, a loose flagstone that might make someone who is less uh, less able might make them quite nervous to go to the town centre. So it's a lot, it's taken away those barriers that people have been visiting the town centre. And I think infrastructure is a big part of that. Um, connectivity as well. Um, we're talking about active transport, better ways for you to walk pavements, uh, better way for you to cycle in, into the town centre, better connections with buses and trains, um, and better connections then with the wider network of healthcare, education. Um, so all of that hangs together, centred around the town centre. And if all of those pieces work together, then the town centre can naturally sustain itself and can naturally grow. Um, our traders have kind of given me lots of feedback in lots of different areas. I think nationally, um, there needs to be something done around business rates. Um, small businesses especially are completely un unfairly targeted by these taxes when if you had an online business or you were you know running a business from home, you wouldn't have any of those costs to absorb into your into your business. So it makes it very difficult to be price competitive, for example, when a significant chunk of money is going out every month to, to business rates. Um, so I think a lot of our traders would love to see reform on that um, to, to make sure that smaller, especially um, independent businesses, can, can afford to stay on the high street. I think at a sort of more local level, council-wide, council they'd like to see more initiatives that really are led from the top. There's a lot of opportunity for us as traders to present um, ideas or to to kind of ask for funding for things that we'd like to run ourselves. But I think most business owners at this point are exhausted emotionally, financially, mentally, physically, um, and they'd actually like to see some leadership on small business um, for for the Vale as a whole. Um, a lot of the the support and campaigns that we've had provided so far have been very much tourism focused 
Um, and I think that's because of how the departments within the council are set up and the targets that they are prioritised. Um, so it would be nice to see some campaigns that really focus around shopping local, but targeting the actual community and our, our towns within the Vale rather than looking at a, a wider tourism brief. Um, and for Barry specifically, um, we have a lot of issues with antisocial behaviour um, and local members of our community who maybe need additional support um, who aren't receiving that for addiction or, or other issues. Um, and that presents itself to the high street as um, antisocial behaviour, which then affects local businesses. So they'd like to see more support, whether that's from the police or um, local authority, to deal with those issues and, and really get a handle on them because in some areas they feel like it's really getting out of control. All of that. <laughs> yeah, all of our traders said exactly the same thing. Um, on the cost side of things, business rates is something I've been campaigning on for over seven years now to try and get that reformed because that is massively unfair tax on small businesses. As Amy says, it's a huge disproportionate outgoing for a small business compared to a big one or an online business that doesn't pay them at all. So we absolutely need to see reform on that. Um, it's great at the moment we've got about, I think it's 75% rebate on small business rates relief and that needs to carry on over the next couple of years while we're in this really tricky um, time. Um, but we do fundamentally need to see, uh, and Wales has got the power to do this. It's not a UK-wide thing. Wales can change the business rate system if they want to. So it would be nice to see the Senate doing something on that. Um, budget last week from the Chancellor um, wasn't particularly great for small businesses. The increase in the minimum wage obviously is great for individuals, employees, but from a small business point of view, that's a huge extra cost with the corresponding national insurance that goes with it. And I think a lot of people don't appreciate the national insurance bills that small businesses have to pay that's out of sight a lot of the time. So that's yet more cost coming our way in April. Things like general cost of everything, you know, the cost of running a business now is phenomenal. Um, so when you've got all the overheads like rent, rates, energy, you know, gas, electric, diesel, everything's going up in all directions that our online businesses that are competing with us don't really have, then, um, we just need a recognition that it is really tough out there. And I think the overwhelming message I got from my colleagues in Cowbridge was that the people in government of all levels have absolutely no idea how hard it is to run a small business. They just don't get it. And it would be really nice to see some of them coming out and spending some quality time with us to really experience it on the ground, and get a true sense of how hard it is to run a small business. You know, it's a 24-7 operation when you run your own business. that You don't switch off. Even when you're on holiday, you're still working. Um, you know, I was up from half past five this morning. Amy, I'm sure, is the same with her business model. Um, you start early in the morning, you finish late at night. It's Saturdays and Sundays, and they just don't get it. And we really need to see some support from leadership at all levels to recognise that and try and put some things in place to help us. What would you like to see from UK government, Welsh government and local councils to ensure that in 2024, businesses and high streets in the Vale of Glamorgan thrive and survive? Uh, yeah, I think I think we just need to feel that um, the the support you know we, we're getting the support from them in all sorts of different ways, as as small as sharing a Facebook post as, uh, about an event that we're running, uh, all the way up to pointing us in the right direction to access grants or uh, other pots of funding. Um, it, I think I think it's just uh, it's to know that we are listened to, that we're heard, uh, and that we're understood as well. Um, and that the backbone of the three of our towns and 
towns all across the Vale and Wales, the backbone of those towns are independent shops, independent traders like us sat around this table, um, who generate an income, spend it locally, employ local staff, um, and offer a variety and diversity of product and service. I think from my perspective as a mission-led business owner, I'd love to see more support for social enterprise. Um, I think a lot of customers are looking for the ability to buy better, whether that's buying from a small business, buying from a family business, buying from a business that has better ethics than um, the big high street multiples. Um, and it's really difficult now, um, especially in Wales. Now we don't have access to EU funding. It's very difficult to start or set up a social enterprise. So I think for me, that would be something that I'd love to see added to our high streets and, and to be prioritised at both at a local authority and um, Welsh government level. And then on top of that, I think it's everything we've said before, looking at costs attached to small business, making sure that local authorities are prioritising um, supporting the high streets in a, in a in a real and useful way, um, whether that's reductions in business rates, whether it's um, other funding available for businesses who are really supporting their local communities and, and need to be sustained, um, whether it's marketing and advertising campaigns, all of those things really need to happen together to make sure that our high streets can continue to thrive into 2024. For us, it's about levelling the playing field as well. So there needs to be a recognition that the playing field is absolutely not level at the moment and it's tipped away from small businesses. Um, so we need... Um, the Welsh and the UK government to level that playing field to make sure that all businesses are taxed fairly and the same. So whether you're online, a multinational, um, out of town or on a high street, everybody gets taxed in the same way. And then it's not a disproportionate um, balance against small businesses. Really? And I think the other thing that we touched on it a little bit, um, and that's crime. I think that's something that in Penarthas has taken up a lot of time and headspace recently over the summer in terms of shoplifting, but also break-ins. We're probably nearing 30 break-ins of shops in Penarth over the last three months. Um, but the background to that is is how um, police budgets have been halved in South Wales. Um, so the police ability to respond to any of these is really, really reduced. So you know, policing the budgets for policing need to go back up. Um, because there is a worry that um, given the cost of living, shoplifting and break-ins will only go up. Um, and it, it, it does, you know, it creates a really, it's not a great place for a business owner to be in if they're consistently worried emotionally and financially by break-ins and shoplifting. Um, you know, it's just not a worry that we need to have at the moment bearing in mind everything else. Antisocial behaviour and break-ins have been a huge problem in both Barry and Penarth. Is a larger police presence something that needs to continue across the rest of the Vale of Glamorgan? Yeah, we um, all alert each other when there's been shoplifters down Cabbage High Street. So if, if a shop has been um, found that somebody's been shoplifting, then there'll be a message on the WhatsApp group straight away saying, guys, keep your eyes peeled for somebody of this description. They've just shoplifted. Mm -hmm whatever, from my shop. Yeah. And I think it's disappointing, having had a business in Barry and Cowbridge, we saw the same people, the same individuals shoplifting in both towns, mm -hmm. and they weren't dealt with. I knew their name. I knew where they lived. The police knew their name and knew where they lived. 
they found the items either in their pockets, their car or their home and still nothing was done. And I think it's when it gets to that point as a business owner where you're working so hard and such long hours potentially for little or no reward and someone's walking into your shop and walking out with up to you know hundreds of pounds sometimes of items and even though you know who that individual is you might have cctv footage it just doesn't seem to be enough to to deal with the individual or deal with the problem so i think having a having a more severe um response to to shoplifting it we'd love to see a you know zero tolerance policy on on shoplifting and, and break-ins especially um, because it's just not fair. The business owners are working too hard. The community's working too hard. My shop staff were devastated when we had a break-in. They were all in tears, and I don't want to see that again. I want to make sure that the person responsible is is dealt with. One of the big challenges that's been discussed throughout 2023 is the pavement charges for space outside of businesses, which came in during 2022. Is that continuing to be a challenge for small businesses? In Barry, especially, a lot of businesses have chosen to remove their outdoor trading space because they can't justify the cost of the um, increased fees for pavement charges. Um, for example, for my business, I can fit two small tables and I think three or four chairs um, outside the front of my shop to increase my cafe space. Um, and that would be at a charge of £250 a year. And for me, being being a business based in Wales where those tables might be able to be used six months of the year if we're lucky it just wasn't a cost that we could justify so we chose to remove that outdoor trading space I know that some of the bigger cafes on King Square have had to reduce the square footage they're using or reduce the number of tables and chairs um, to come under a different part of the threshold to reduce the cost to the business um, and other traders um, around Barry Island for example um, again, have either had to reduce the amount of space they're using or, or completely remove their, their outdoor trading space altogether. Um, I think the frustration is, especially from Welsh Government, we're being told that they want to promote a cafe culture, that they want vibrant town centres, that they want, you know, whether it's flower boxes or tables and chairs or, you know, pr- produce out on the street so that people can see what's available in the shops. They're saying in policy that they want those things. And then from a local authority perspective, we don't feel that 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 message is being passed on or being supported practically. Um, So it seems to be a bit disjointed in terms of the the thinking and the the planning around, especially outdoor trading space. This is another classic example of council just does not get it. Mm. Um, We had all of our signage on the streets, you know, little, you know, what you call them, blackboards, where you can put today's special offer or whatever, all of those got confiscated by the council. They just came and took them all away um, because individual businesses haven't paid the extortionate fees to put a blackboard outside their shop. Well, that message could make a really big difference to how much money you take on a day. And it's really short-sighted and not helping at all when you take away our only method of communicating with customers who are walking down your high street to say, please pop into this shop because, look, we've got this special offer or we're selling this thing you might not have known about or there's a special event happening in store today and the council have deliberately chosen to take away that communication channel. And it's just another example of how it's really, really hard and the council's making it even harder and we need them to support us, not put barriers in the way like that. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with all of that. We've got hospitality in Penarth who uh, would love to put uh, tables and chairs outside, but they just uh, they, they don't feel able to. What change would you like to see 
in terms of that policy and making it easier for small businesses? We need an injection of common sense. That's fundamentally what's going on here. With It's bureaucracy gone mad and it's just about, come on guys, let's just have some common sense about this. Clearly we're not going to fill the entire pavement with tables, chairs and nay boards because people won't be able to walk up and down the high street. So let's just treat the traders with the respect that they deserve, that they know what they're doing mm-hmm. and they're not going to be you know, doing things that are jeopardising the high street because why would we want to do that? You know, it's all about making a nice high street environment for people to want to come down, not putting barriers in the public's way. I think from my perspective, championing small business, I'd like to see that cost removed entirely for independents. If the council feels that they need to recover some of that cost from the high street multiples, then maybe that's an appropriate place for them to to put some of those charges. Um, But I feel like at the moment... If we're prioritising getting people to shop local, having a vibrant town centre, removing every obstacle possible to allowing those business and allowing those businesses to make this, the town centre look lovely um, would be great. I'd go even further and say that I'd love the council to be providing tables and chairs for each town centre. Maybe the match. Maybe we want mm-hmm. the, the the sort of uniformity um, and the sort of the street furniture to look so lovely. The council could actually help with a grant to provide that and make it all look absolutely brilliant each town centre could have their own little vibe going on that would that would be brilliant I think the town the town centre businesses would really respond to that really really positively um but yeah I think there definitely needs to be a shift from enforcement to collaboration definitely yeah yeah and I think you know it's such a good point you made there about benches um street furniture free furniture for anyone to sit in you don't have to buy a coffee for it for the privilege um yeah, you know, could that money, if they decide to stick with the charging regime, put that money back into that town centre to create a, a better experience rather than lose it in wherever it goes into into the Vale's coffers, you know, put it back into the town where it'll make the most difference. I think Amy's hit the nail on the head there with that phrase, collaboration, not enforcement, because mm-hmm. we had an, uh, um, an experience just last week where enforcement officers were sent up and down the high street spot checking how people were doing the recycling um, and issuing on the spot £300 fines to quite a few of us on Cowbridge High Street. I don't know if they came across the rest of the bill. But um, we were absolutely on the pin arms and I wrote to the director at the council to say this is outrageous, this is not the way to approach this. Um, you need to be working with us to make sure that businesses are complying with the appropriate rules around recycling, not just sending the heavies in with body cameras and microphones and slapping £300 fixed penalty notices on our till counters with no warning whatsoever. Thankfully, Miles Punter recognised the argument and rescinded the fines. But that's just another example of where we want to work with the council to make our high streets a really nice place to be. And the last thing we need is them sending the heavies in with the enforcement rules just yeah. because their budgets are tight and it's a way for them to make some money. I think the the whole thing comes down to, especially in the council, you've got quite a siloed um, setup. So waste is one area, um, highways will be another area, um, and anybody who's trying to deal with high street or regeneration is a completely different department who has no control over what those other departments do to the town centres. Um, so I think maybe yeah, more joined up thinking within the council themselves to make sure that you know you're not having regen having to apologize for the fact that everyone's street furniture is now costing them some businesses up to a thousand pound a year 
um but all they can do is apologize because they actually don't have any control over that decision being made every all those decisions are being made in isolation and the the, the bigger picture isn't being considered yeah and i think the one thing that might or might not i don't know pull all of this together and answers your question on 2024 is this thing called placemaking which is meant to do exactly that cross over all those silos in the council and other public bodies who are operating in our towns you know what is a town center meant to be you know and in Penarth the closure of the GP surgeries we want the well-being hub to be placed in the town center itself not outside the town you know, Transport for Wales are installing a new platform at North train station, which means that it might cut off people from station approach because they'll get off the train sooner. It's all of these decisions that are made in isolation, but actually have a very big impact on the shops in the town um, and having a bit of more of an overview thinking on things, um, joined up thinking, um, would would really really help, and but in terms of placemaking, you know, I think it, it's a process that I think all towns may need to go through in Wales. Um, I just hope that something positive will come out of it. You mentioned all those different departments. We know businesses were invited together to engage with the council earlier in the year. Could the idea of bringing together business leaders like this really help all those departments to understand thoughts? have open conversations, and as you are individually as independent areas. Each of our respective high streets better than the people who live and breathe it every single day. And if you're doing anything to the town centre, you need to be talking to those people. Otherwise, you know, whatever you're doing isn't going to work. And people will feel whatever is foisted upon them rather than a part of it. Yeah, parking's a classic example of that. We reflect lots of times, please don't put parking charges on the high street because it will kill full fall. What did they do? Put parking charges in. What's happened? This kill full fall. We knew it was going to happen. We told them it was going to happen. They did it anyway. So frustrating. I think if there was any kind of forum or meeting um, between traders and the council, the decision makers need to be present. It's, we don't just need to be heard. Yeah. Something actually needs to be done. Yeah. Um, so I think for a lot of traders, especially those who've maybe been on the high street for a long time. Um, our next door neighbours, for example, are the oldest butchers in Wales. And I try to get them involved in lots of activities and meetings and forums. And kind of fair enough, their answer is, we tried that. We tried that 20 years ago, 30 years ago. It didn't make any difference. I'm just going to concentrate on my own business. And I completely respect that response. I'm still in the position at the moment where I, I think that we can make a change and things can happen, but I can understand why some businesses have got to the point where they're just not interested in participating anymore because they feel like it's a bit of a waste of time. And I think uh, I think we also, we don't need just officers in whatever meetings these are. We also need councillors in there as well because they are the ones who ultimately will direct policy and direct what happens to our town centres. We're coming to the end of 2023. What are the individual things you're looking forward to in your areas in 2024 to keep your towns thriving? Uh, we do have new businesses opening in Penarth and they're all really exciting. It's great to see them. They're lovely people and they'll be a great part of the town. Um, and yeah, you know, keep on supporting local independent businesses. I think the key message is if we want those businesses to still be there, 
then we've got to uh, we've got to support them um, and use them as often as we can. And it's not about you know doing your entire weekly shop on the high street. You know, let's be realistic. This is about spending three, four, five pound on a Saturday afternoon to treat your kids or go to a local, choose the independent coffee shop rather yeah. than the national chain. Um, you know, in Cowbridge, we've got Fabulous who've just closed their little parlour on the bridge and in the spring, they're going to be reopening right in the middle of the high street. Well, do you know what? Take the kids down there for an ice cream on a Saturday afternoon. It's just spending a couple of pounds in your independence. That makes all the difference. And honestly, when we get sales, be they through our websites or people come into the shops, we are doing a little dance when yeah. people come and spend money with us. I guarantee you, Tesco's, Asda's, Nero's, they're not doing a little dance when you go and buy your coffee from them, mm-hmm. but the little independents are. And so just make little changes like that. Just buy your independent coffee rather than a Nero. You know, buy your fruit from Amy rather than going to Morrison's. Doesn't need to be big changes. That, that'll make all the difference. Yeah. And I think for most shoppers, when they make those changes, they'll find that they're getting better products, better service. And a lot of the time they're actually getting better prices as well yeah. because they can, you know, pick a smaller amount or pick an item that, you know, maybe you've got a little bit better range than a, a supermarket might have. Um, so I think there's there's definite benefits to choosing to shop local. It's not just about, you know, making sure that your high street survives. It's about actually it's a nicer experience and you get a better deal out of the end of it. Thanks to our guests on this roundtable discussion, John Davis from Panath Business Group, Amy Greenfield from Barry Shop Local and Sally Stevenson from Cowbridge Chamber of Trade. Entrepreneurs Unplugged will be back in January with Graham Scott from Loaded Dice telling us about his journey from online to retail presence. If you've got a business journey to share, get in touch via manager at broradio.fm. Have a Merry Christmas and we'll speak to you soon in 2024.